Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a certified brand strategist and business coach. You might be wondering why the second phase? The second phase may be a change in careers and learning how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship, a significant lifestyle change, going from stay-at-home parent to starting a business, a traumatic loss, a move, or an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition, you are here to discover your second phase. Learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact to grow as your authentic selves and follow your callings, values, visions, and passions, and to learn how to build a solid foundation for long-term brand and business success. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. You ready to learn? Grab your coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode. I am really excited today, and of course, every single episode I'm excited, and I say that, but I'm so blessed to have really awesome guests to bring you and people that can hopefully inspire you and give you guidance along your life and business journey. And today, we're going to talk about weight. And I know that's a heavy word, no pun intended, but beach season is just around the corner. 2021 is flying by and I was pitched by my guest today. And at first I thought, oh gosh, another person talking about weight and exercise, but guess what? This is going to be a really unique conversation. And I'm very pleased that we're going to have it because I think so many of us who are over 40 get lost in this sea of online noise and ads in our social media feeds about diets and different exercise programs and how we can change our hormones by doing XYZ. And the reality is that each and every one of us is unique. We're individuals. Our body types are different and we all have different needs, but especially after we turn 40. So we're going to dive into talking about the hormones and how they can affect our body. And we're going to talk about Those of us who have always been cardio junkies, like, do we have to beat our bodies to death in order to look good? So I am so excited to dive in, and I hope you guys will hang around and listen to the entire episode because I think it's going to be a really, really good one. So without further ado, Nicole Simonin, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Robin, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to talk to everybody because I definitely have a different approach than most probably people out there who deal with weight loss and coaches and that aspect. So I'm so happy to be here. That's wonderful. And I'm anxious to hear what it is you're going to tell us about, because you do have a different approach based on our previous conversation and just the answers you put into the questionnaire. But before we dive in, just tell us a little bit about your journey, because this is your second phase. And You've always been in the physical health, I should say, physical fitness arena, but in different aspects. So tell us a little bit about your journey and what has driven you to create the the brand that you have today. Sure. I kind of feel like I'm almost in a third phase, if that even exists. But <laughs> like my first phase, when I was 17, I was actually very sick. I was in a children's hospital and the doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. They basically told us that I would be blind possibly and would not be able to walk. And up until that point, I was very active as a ballet dancer. You know, that was my drive, my passion. And um, they did find out what was wrong. I have a type of juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, but 
honestly, like nine months later, I was dancing on scholarship at Radford University and went on to become a professional ballet dancer. So that didn't stop me. I don't know if it was just blind ignorance of being a 17 year old or (laughs) what have you. So as I transitioned out of ballet, I went into physical therapy. And so I became a physical therapist assistant. And when I was working there, there was one place that also had a gym and I had already gotten my personal training certification because I thought that would be kind of cool to have. And I was actually running the gym and working as a physical therapist assistant at the time. And I just loved, loved the gym so much and was just like, so just, I just love how the body functions and to be able to do that was so much fun. So I got married later in life. And when I got pregnant, I kept telling everybody at work is like, I'll be back. Don't worry. It's just maternity leave. It's just a kid, you know, type thing. And when my son came, I was like, I can't leave him alone. I want to raise him. So I was fortunate enough to be like, nope, not coming back. Then I had my daughter not shortly after. And then I transitioned into like, I needed something to occupy my brain rather than Sesame Street. And, you know, because as a mom, you get very involved in their lives and there's nothing wrong with that, but I just needed some sort of like adult interaction or something like that. So Shape It Up was born. Ironically, it started off as an online coaching, which in 2006, the technology was nowhere near what it is today. I coded my own website. It was crazy and shifted into Mommy and Me boot camps. Do you want me to dive into the second phase of that or? Yeah, tell us, because I think it's really important. You've worked with different age brackets and you've Mm -hmm. had different experiences that have led you to being able to study results and figure out what the best tactics are, the best approaches are for weight control or weight loss, especially for those of us who are over 40. So yeah, I think your journey is important. Yeah. Cause I came from a ballet world and I actually talked to another ballet dancer and she had a different experience, which I found fascinating because everybody else I talked to, like the nutritional information given to you as a ballet dancer is not solid information at all. It's very like basically starve yourself and then overeat once the performance is done or or to that effect. So coming from that background and coming from the place where external validation is like key, like you're judged from the second you walk into the ballet studio, even before you dance. And then shifting that as I got older, I would say where my second phase kicked in was I had a studio, fitness studio, and I loved it. It was like a dream of mine. And it was so time consuming and so hard with the kids that it really was like studio or family. And of course, I chose my family over that. And that was a very dark place because like the studio was my dream and I felt like it was crumbling and I didn't know if I wanted to continue with Shape It Up and this is quite a few years ago. And I found mindset work and I found Jen Sinchiro. Actually, I have to give her credit for the You Are a Badass book. I love that book. It was life changing to me. It offered the opportunity that I get to think whatever I want. And that goes for everybody. You get to choose what you want to think. But after that, that was really like my second phase. And that's where, you know, I think too, once you turn 40, you are more mature and you kind of are open to not worrying about it, what other people think of you and opening up yourself to like, who am I? Who is this person? And that's really when I started focusing on women over 40. Uh, I did personal training up until COVID. <laughs> and then once COVID hit, now I'm completely online, which I absolutely love. But there's definitely a difference between when I was a ballet dancer and how I ate and how I, I didn't really do fitness per se, other than ballet. Like, yes, that's strenuous, but 
now that I'm older, it's like, it's such a different contrast of, you know, basically not eating and then binging and now being like so comfortable with food that I can like, like I was very controlled by different foods. Like I was joke saying about donuts used to call to me and like really compel me. And I think people are very wrapped up in the emotional part of eating and doing the mindset work and kind of, it's not just always about having the perfect program and having the perfect diet because you don't need the diet. You don't need a structured diet to lose weight. It's the mindset part. It's the, why are you doing what you do? And I feel it's so much calmer on the other side. It's it's interesting. I wish I could almost go back to my younger self and be like, it's okay. <laughs> like, here's what you have to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what was it when I was young? I love donuts. And, you know, now mm. I'm gluten-free and it's very rare you can find a gluten-free donut. <laughs> but we grew up with this little tiny donut shop. It was Gutzler's Donuts. And to this day, I have not had a donut that good in my entire life. Everywhere we've traveled, you know, we've hit the best donut shops and everything else. It's so silly, but I've never had a donut to match those donuts. They were so good. I dream of them, but (laughs) (laughs) somewhere, somehow I learned this fact when I was young that, well, if I exercise 20 minutes, then I could have a donut. Mm -hmm. And how crazy is that? That that was my mindset. But I mean, I obviously there were other challenges associated with that. But yeah, so I when I think of donuts, I always think about that. My mind reverts to that. And now it's like I would enjoy that donut and I would not have to force (laughs) myself to do something different. But it's that shift in mindset and how we, I think, take control of our emotions. Not everyone has done this, but I think those of us who have put in the hours and hours and painstaking hours to do the mindset work, we can be at a place where we can accept that now, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I think, and I don't know if it's because I'm into mindset, I see it a lot more Mm -hmm. and I see a lot more people being open to it. But like, if you grew up in the seventies and eighties, you were taught that like, whatever you eat, you had to burn off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it was calories in versus calories out. And I'm not saying that's not true, but it's to the point where like you would overdo the cardio and eat like a little bird and, you know, and you're beating yourself down and you're really like not sustaining your life because you're not eating enough food Mm -hmm. and you're just burning it off. But I do think, you know, growing up in the seventies and eighties, if you're in that generation, that was what you were taught. That was the mentality of you eat a donut, you better go burn it off the hour on the treadmill or whatever or run or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I grew up and every woman around us talked about the latest diet. They were constantly taking something out of their diet to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like no one in my life was ever just content with their body. This kind of drives me crazy because now we see, you know, really overweight people promoting their bodies on you know, Instagram saying, I love myself and I love my body. And that's okay. I'm glad they have self-acceptance, but it's also not healthy. So we need a balance. Like you can't go from the extreme we grew up in where, like you said, calories in, calories burned or calories out. But to now it's like, oh, I weigh 200 pounds and I'm 5'4", 
but I love my body. So it's okay because it's not okay. You know, God gave us this body and we're supposed to take care of it. And that means eat healthy and exercise to have a balance, right? So that we can stay healthy and have, right. Use our body long-term. I think that's where the confusion is starting where these young girls are saying, Oh, I'm overweight, but I'm okay with that. And I'm going to wear a bikini anyway to, you know, realizing that there's long-term consequences if you don't take care of yourself. Yeah, I think that there's definitely like you can have some extra weight on you and quote unquote be healthy. But I think the bottom line is, is like if you go to the doctors and your blood panels come back and they're healthy, like and you're not borderline diabetic, you're not your cholesterol is not high. Like to me, that signifies healthy and everybody has their different version of what they consider healthy. Some people think a six pack abs is healthy which may or may not be true, because if you really dive into that person, they may have an eating disorder or they may, you know, be doing something to manipulate that scenario. And like you're saying, the opposite end of the spectrum, too, is if you're overweight, I say, yes, be proud of your body. But there's a disconnect in there, because if you're proud of your body and your weight, like you would want to take care of that body to the healthiest mm -hmm. aspect that you can. And I think that's where the mindset part comes in, because Yes, you can be heavier and yes, you can love your body. But like, I would really want to dive into that person and be like, do you really feel like you're being healthy to your body by being overweight? Yeah. And when we talk about this too, it, there's a difference between being a larger person because some of us are just, I mean, I'm big boned, Bone you know, structure. and you know, my bone structure is bigger. I'm tall. I'm going to mm -hmm. look different and carry weight differently than, you know, my girlfriend who's five two. you know? <laughs> That's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like it's, you know, I'm like an Amazon compared right. to her, <laughs> but my blood panel is perfect. You know, my cholesterol levels are right. great. Everything about my body internally is very, very healthy because I do all the things to keep it healthy. Um, I think where we lose sight is when, you know, we're like, okay, I accept my body the way it is, but you're not doing anything to keep yourself healthy. You know, you're eating the bad things and you're right. not exercising. That's where it becomes like, because it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to accept who we are in our own skin. And I love, love seeing that when women do that. And let me tell you something from my, like, not the coaching side of my business, but the photography side of my business, I get women of all shapes and sizes. And Heavy set women are so beautiful. Like weight does not define your beauty at all. Mm, but it the most that, important yes. thing is mm. to make sure that you're healthy and taking care of your body. So, okay, with that, we've kind of beat this one to that horse, right? <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about how as we turn 40 and we start to age gracefully, what you know, our hormones mm. come into play everything shifts. And like, I know for me, like all of a sudden that, that belly that was kind of flat all my life, isn't so flat anymore, what's happening. So let's talk a little bit about that and how that comes into play too, because I think that it's really important as we age to give ourselves grace that things are going to shift. Things are not going to be the same way they were when we were 25. So let's talk a little bit about that. And then let's talk about how we can keep ourselves healthy, you know, without dieting, without taking in every fad that's coming into our social media feeds, but really looking at those activities that we can do and how we can keep ourselves healthy long-term, look good, feel good, be good. Yeah. So going back to how the hormonal changes, for sure, there's definitely hormonal changes, obviously, because we're like going through reverse puberty. And, 
you know, but everybody's so unique and different, which I loved what you had just said a couple of seconds ago is we are so unique and different and everyone transitions through this perimenopause and menopausal phase so differently. And I definitely feel like when I work with people, I want them to be in communication with their doctor because I, there is a lot of information out there and not all of it is true for sure. You know, we all know just because you read it on the internet doesn't mean it's true. But what I like to approach with people is because whenever I talk to them, they're like, well, it's my hormones or it's my genetics. And I'm like, let's back up a little bit. Let's dive into if it really is your hormones, because I feel like a lot of times women who are starting to gain weight are doing different things than they used to do. So meaning like I just talked to somebody who was like, you know, for the past 10 years, I haven't worked out and now I've gained 15 pounds and I just can't lose it. And they had been working out for a month in the gym. And I was like, you quote unquote slacked off for 10 years. That was a word to use. I'm like, you changed what you're doing. You, of course you gained weight. Like you're not doing the things that you used to do. And I'm not saying that you need to do what you did when you're 20, but a lot of people are like, I gained all this weight. And I'm like, well, a lot of times you're eating the same way you used to, but you're not moving as much. And especially nowadays, you know, we're all online, we're all sitting so much, we're not moving as much as we were, we're not even like walking to the car to go drive somewhere. And I just feel like even without the pandemic, take a look at really what you are doing differently. Like, are you sitting longer? Are you overeating? You know, our body was designed with this great system of hunger and satiety. And I think we've lost touch with that a lot. And so whenever I talk to anybody first, when they start saying hormones, I'm like, let's leave that for like, let's go through the checklist first and see if that is really the cause. Um, the other thing is, again, back to mindset is really how are you thinking about menopause and perimenopause? Like, I think most women, when they turn 40, they're like, it's all downhill. It's just, it's over. We might as well just pack it in, you know, <laughs> like why bother type thing. And I think with that mentality, of course, you're not going to be able to progress because you have that mentality already set up. It's doom and gloom from 40 until we pass on. And I don't feel that's the case. So I think we can be healthy and radiant. I don't think because we're oh, aging yeah. and our hormones are shifting, we have to look at it as an uphill battle. I think that it's totally how we frame it. Yeah. Yeah. And you said something too, and I think this is really important to note. So someone who hasn't exercised for 10 years and they start exercising, they're going to gain muscle mass. So it's important to look at, and I hear I'm stealing your thunder probably, but I think this is a really important <laughs> okay. thing because I don't weigh myself. And that's, you know, partly because of my history with an eating disorder, but I don't go to the scale. But when I do have to get on the scale for a physical or something like that, my weight is higher now than it probably has ever been. But I also have a lot more muscle now because my training is different than it was before. So, you know, prior to when I used to only do cardio, it, then when you add weight training in, it changes your body mass and how, yeah. you know, the cells and everything else. So I think it's important to note that, that if you haven't been doing anything and all of a sudden you start doing something, don't look at the numbers on the scale as a definitive factor. Look at how are your clothes fitting, you know, use a tape measure to measure your waist or measure your thighs or whatever it is you would do to measure that. But I think that's a really important thing. Don't go by the numbers because numbers are just numbers. Yes. 
So I always like to say the scale is just a piece of plastic or metal, whatever it's made out of. And you're just, it's the gravitational pull of your body on this earth. That is all it's measuring. <laughs> yes, you can get into the, the science of how they're, you know, calculating your body mass and, you know, water weight and all that. But as an average woman, you don't need to know all that information. I need to know all that information as a coach, but you don't need to know all that as far as that. And even like you're saying, I think the best way to measure whether you're seeing progress or not is to put on a tight pair of jeans that are super snug and then throw them in the back of the closet for a month, then put them back on a month later and see if you notice any changes. But you are 100% spot on as far as like weight training. And, you know, there's so many different types of ways to work out for sure. And I think, again, back to our generation, you know, it's like cardio, cardio, cardio. But as you get older, you have to do some sort of resistance training. Muscle is like the fountain of youth. The more muscle you have, the more metabolic rate you will have. So the more calories you will burn sitting around talking like we are or doing nothing. Not only that, but it keeps your strength up coming from a physical therapy background. A lot of issues that happen are because muscle atrophy or balance issues. And all that comes in when you weight train and you do exercise like that. And I think to women in our generation, they tend to think weight training, they think flipping tires, you know, and doing all these crazy things. And it does not have to be that way. You definitely have to progress past what I call the Barbie weights, like the twos and the three pounders. <laughs> and you're not going to turn into this like she woman, you know, like you're not all of a sudden just going to wake up and have bulging muscles. It is so hard <laughs> to build that much muscle mass. Like when you look at bodybuilders, so don't even let that be a factor. I think women don't give weight training enough credit for what it does. I think they just, again, our generation, I think the millennials coming up definitely have an advantage on that because they're into it and they understand it, I think a little bit better, but don't be afraid to lift weights because that really is the fountain of youth. And I know for me personally, I want to be 90 and I want to be able to open up my jars of spaghetti or whatever I'm eating. <laughs> so that is <laughs> going to happen at some point. It's really quality of life at that point. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, we're talking way older, but yeah, do not be afraid of weight training. Definitely you can do cardio, but I don't think we need as much cardio as everybody thinks. What would you say is a good balance for someone? And I guess this is probably a totally different perspective. If you have someone who has not been active, not been exercising, doing anything to someone who has been, you know, maybe riding a bike three times a week or walking three times a week and maybe doing Pilates one day a week or something like that. But what what is your suggestion to keep our bodies healthy? And, and maybe it is, you know, for someone who has not been active and is wanting to lose weight, I would guess maybe they need a little bit more. I don't know. Like, give us the breakdown on where we should be. Like, if we want to lose weight versus if we are satisfied with our weight, but we want to just up our game as far as our workouts are concerned, what should we be doing? So this is why I love what I do, because everybody is so entirely different. And so I will give you a general basis. But like when I work with clients, this is what I do. I customize everything for them because everybody is so right. different. Everybody's at a different starting point. But like so for beginners, like someone who has maybe never exercised before, say they have 20, 50, even 100 pounds or more to lose. It's getting them up and moving. And yes, weight training, I think is important, but it's, it kind of tips in, you'll see as it will reverse. So beginners, 
you want to be doing maybe like two days of weight training, full body workout, and majority more cardio, but like low impact cardio, like walking more of the neat activities. If you've heard of that, it's the everyday activities that we do in our lives, whether it's folding laundry or, you know, doing the dishes or walking around, just an accumulation of moving more. And then if you are looking to like, if you're already kind of at your ideal weight, or you're looking for more body composition improvement, meaning you're comfortable with your weight, but you kind of want that stomach to go away or, you know, those kind of things. That's when it gets a little bit more detailed. And, you know, again, depending on where they are in their fitness journey, you could be doing maybe I would say four days a week of gym work and then maybe up to six, again, depending on what goal you're after. And don't also think that you're in the workout or the gym for like hours and hours and hours. I work out for about a half an hour with weights and then I might do 20 minutes of some sort of high intensity cardio or something. And then I walk. So it's not like you're spending six hours in the gym for someone who is looking to kind of lose that last little bit of belly fat, that's when you kind of dial in and find out more detail about what you're eating. You may be food logging, that kind of thing. But again, it just depends on the person because two, you're looking at, like you were saying earlier about body structure, what works for me as a five foot two endomorph is going to be different for someone who is, I don't know how tall you are, but five foot eight, and maybe you're an ectomorph, which an ectomorph is someone who's very skinny and can really eat whatever they want. An endomorph is someone who like basically looks at a donut and gains five pounds. So the thing about like generic workouts and diets that you're looking for, this is my big contention with all them because they're so generalized. Like especially when you're over 40, if you have injuries, if you're going through hormonal changes, you need something specifically designed for you, for your goals. Everybody has different goals. You know, some people want to look ripped. Some people just want to feel comfortable in like a size 12. So the generic workouts, I mean, yes, they work for some people, but I can't stress enough. Like, I feel like everyone should at least work with someone to get a designed program for them as a starting base. And then, you know, kind of build your repertoire from there. I love that. Now, let me ask you this. So there are so many different types of workouts now. It seems like all the time there's something new. So you have just traditional weight training. You have obviously, you know, cardiovascular training, spinning, walking, running, aerobics. Now we've got high intensity interval training. There's so many different things. Now we have bar training. We have Pilates. We have yoga. So for someone who has no equipment at home, what do you suggest? Before I dive into that, I just want to suggest all those different things have all been around. It's like diets. They've all been around. They're just slapping a new name on them. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's like this flood, like every day on my Instagram feed, I swear there's another new program that somebody's, you know, we've got Beachbody is the company that makes that, you know, and they've got all their instructors and each instructor has a different, you know, type of exercise program. There's so many. Yeah, there's so many options. There's like a million of them. And then every day there's these new yoga, <laughs> fat burning yoga. And, right. you know, it's like they're putting different names on programs that have been around for a million years. But but I think every single person responds to different workouts differently. So again, we're back to that whole unique factor. But for someone who has nothing at home and doesn't want to go to the gym, especially now in light of COVID, where do they start? How do they choose? So you have your own gym right on you. <laughs> you use your own body weight. Yeah. So 
when I work with people, I have an app that I design and they, a lot of them don't have weight. So we start off with just body weight exercises and it walks you through it. And, you know, you have me as a coach, but you have your own gym. You can do push-ups. And I know most people are probably like, Ooh, push-ups. They can't stand push-ups, but I don't like yeah. push-ups. But there's different variations of push-ups that you can do. Like there's push-ups on the wall. There's push-ups on counters. There's push-ups on your knees. So it's like, you know, you take one thing and you can expand on it. And that's where, you know, having someone with experience is going to help you navigate on what you actually need to do. All those different programs out there. It's not that I don't think they're beneficial because some women do fantastic on them and they love it and they love that environment. But there's some women that really struggle and are like, I don't understand why I'm not losing because I'm doing all the things. But I just feel like there's so many generic stuff out there. That's why I say, I think you, everyone should just start with someone and get a baseline of like what you really need to focus on. But if you have no exercise equipment, like I said, you can, there's all kinds of body weight workouts and exercises that you can do. Squats are great. The core ones that I think of are planks, squats, push-ups. If you have a pull-up bar, those are like the fundamentals of body weight resistance. And we could dive down a whole nother rabbit hole about like, you know, you take the basics and now it seems like the more extreme they're promoting that as a workout, you know, like I saw a girl on a big physio ball doing squats. No one needs to be doing that. <laughs> like, that's Oh my not gosh. Safe. The balance that would take. Are you kidding Yeah. Me? But like, I think women look at this and be like, Oh, I have to do that. I'm like, you don't have to do it. Like, so my whole premise is, is weight loss can be super simple. And even in our conversation, I think just pointing out all the things that are available, there's so many options. And I think it, it's overwhelming to an extent, like there's so many options that you could pick, but you don't need to go that route. You can like, it's, it's like, you know, if you're already at your maintenance weight and you want to play with different things, I say, go for it. But if you're really struggling to lose weight, it does not have to be complicated. It can be so simple that you're kind of like, what do you mean? That's all I have to do. And yeah, that's all you have to do. There's three things you have to do. You have to move your body, you have to fuel your body and you have to manage your mind and any kind of drama that comes up. And that's the big part that I think is missing from a lot of programs like that, because Again, you can get the perfect program, you can get the perfect diet, but if you don't actually do it or you don't want to do it or you're forcing yourself to do it, you're never going to stick with it. You may lose the weight, but you're going to gain it right back as soon as you stop doing it. Yeah. I like to say you can do all the mindset in the world that you want to do, but if you're sitting on the couch watching Netflix and not taking action yes. on the mindset work, you're going to get nowhere, right? Right. right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's like the laws of attraction. You can't just sit there and wish that the weight would fall off. You actually have to right. get the mindset part first and then take action. So, okay. I have one last question and we're, we've got to mm -hmm. wrap up, but so for people, you mentioned that you have juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. So for people who have a chronic illness like that, I mean, there are people who have chronic pain and they suffer every single day. What do you suggest to them? So again, this is where the mindset part comes in and working with a coach, because again, depending on their illness or whatever they have, I've worked with people with MS a lot of times and you just kind of take one day at a time, like anybody who has an illness, even if you have like an old knee injury that kind of acts up when the weather's funky, like it is today, or, you know, things like that. This is where my medical background comes in. It's like, I'm not the type of person that is like, just push through it because that's not going to help you down the line. 
you need to take one day at a time, do what you can. I think the biggest point is consistency and trying to move forward, but also recognizing when you need a rest day and kind of self-care that day. I know for me personally, I suffer from migraines. So when I get a migraine, I am not really doing anything that day. <laughs> like that's, you know, I have lobbed off in my calendar when I expect them to happen. So I know to anticipate what's going on. And again, depending on what type of illness you're dealing with, for me, my RA pretty much in remission. So I don't really have any issues, knock on wood. But yeah, you just, you take one day at a time. Anybody who has arthritis, again, depending on the type of arthritis, you just you do what you can and just deal with that day. And, and that's where the mindset part, I think, comes into because you have to be okay with taking, not necessarily a step back, but just pausing and going, yeah, I'm taking this day so I can rest, so I can heal, so I can progress and move forward, not because I'm a horrible person and I have this disease that's like wearing me down, you know? Yeah. I love that because it's so individualized. And I think for the listeners, for everyone, we we really do have to give ourselves that grace of it's our body. It's the only one we have. So we need to be especially in tune to it. We need to use our mind to help us control it and take those action steps that are good for us as an individual, not what we see on social media, not what we see in the ads and on television infomercials, but really look inward at what we need as an individual. So I love that. I love how you address this now. Okay. One last question. I know I said that was the last question, but one more. So for listeners who are thinking, gosh, this woman could really help me, or I really need to take this action. I really need to step up my game. So many of us are afraid to invest. We think we don't have the money to invest. We, you know, I'm not speaking me personally because I am a firm believer in the more we invest in ourselves, the more others are willing to invest in Mm -hmm. us. But for those that are sitting there thinking these thoughts of, well, I can't, I could never afford that. What is the reality to that? I like to always ask people, how can you not afford to do it? Especially if you have been playing the yo-yo weight loss game for years and years and years, like, and you really have not achieved what you want to achieve. Anybody who wants to achieve anything, like you look at Olympic people, they're not just like, well, I'm going to do this all by myself. I don't need a coach. (laughs) I'm going to get the gold medal without everybody. You know, you need the expertise in order to take you to that next level. And I think that's where it comes in, where there's so much information and, and, you know, there's so much available to everybody, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to get leveled up from all the free information. I also think too, when you invest in a coach, you are investing in yourself. There's something about putting money in and kind of like the, I don't want to say expectation, but like when you look at free stuff, if you go to the dollar store and you buy something, or if you get something for free, that value that you have on it, you don't really value it that much. You're like, of course the dollar tree thing broke. It's, you know, it was a dollar. Yeah. You know, but when you invest in a coach and you put the financial investment, there's something that goes, okay, I'm going to show up for this. I'm going to be the best student that I can be in this relationship. I'm going to get what I came for out of this coach. Same thing with the $10 gyms. How many people have paid $10 to go to a gym membership and never show up after a month? Like that's a brilliant marketing scheme. Yeah. Brilliant. Because 
They are guaranteed $120 a year from thousands of people who never even use their And they don't care whether you show up again, ever, ever, ever again. $10 isn't enough for them to realize that it's going out the window every month. Right. So they just keep paying. Right. It goes under the radar. But if you were paying, you know, $500 a month for your gym membership, I bet you would show up (laughs) for sure. Every single time. Every single day. You'd be like, I'm showing up for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like buying a car. When you buy a crappy, you know, $2,000 car. You don't care if it gets dinged up. You don't care if it gets beat up. You don't care. But when you buy an expensive car, you're going to take care of that car. You can relate it to anything like sunglasses, you know, whatever. The money that you put into things, you value more. It's just just the way it is. But I do think there's something about investing in yourself and, you know, making sure you're picking the right coach for you, of course. But stepping up and being like, yes, this is what I want to do. This, this is going to work. I'm going to make it work. And again, like I said, you always want to investigate who you're giving your money to and making sure they, you know, are have credentials and are valid and all that. But I do think there's definitely something about paying for coaching that makes your results almost inevitable because you're not just relying on the coach, you're showing up. You're invested in more ways than one. Right, right. Yeah. Right. I love that. So, okay, Nicole, how can the listeners connect with you, learn more about you, potentially hire you? Like what, how can they find you? Tell us. Um, You can find everything at shapeitupfitness.com. If anybody is interested in taking it a step further and wants to talk to me, I offer a free consult where you're going to tell me all about your struggles. I'm going to point out some things that I see that are missing, regardless of whether you want to work together or not. You know, you're going to walk away from the call with a lot more insight on how to take steps further to get to your weight loss goal. Uh, you can go to shapeitupfitness.com slash call, C-A-L-L at the end, and happy to talk to anybody. That's awesome. Thank you so much. This was a wealth of information. Thank you so much for having me. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. And as I said before, when we got on, I can talk about this all day long. So. <laughs> I could too, because I love, I love fitness. I love health. I love, you know, everything about making sure that my body, my vessel is going to last me for my time here on earth. So, you know, that's how I look at it. And it's something that as a family, we've always had a dedication to it, you know, making sure that we're active. And I have found, especially during COVID, you know, all this sitting that we do during the day versus being more active it's a struggle. So even something as simple as I'm cleaning my own house and you know, that I feel so good when it's done because it's just been physical for hours versus sitting at a desk. So yeah, yeah, there's so many opportunities for people to just take five minutes a day to start becoming active. So I'm really glad you were here and I'm really grateful for your message. So thank you. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the Female Entrepreneur Insider Facebook group. We are there every week with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget, on the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com 
forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile.